There's a lot of confusion and rumors out there about marijuana. Let's clear that up with some science. Fact, our brains are still developing until age 25. And using marijuana before then can actually cause changes in our memory. That's because THC, the active chemical in weed, attaches to receptors in the hippocampus, the part of your brain that creates memories. And memory problems can affect every part of your life. So whether you vape, smoke, or use edibles, it can affect your brain all the same. Learn more marijuana science at unfazedva.com. In a world of big-budget blockbusters, travel back in time to explore the epic and not-so-epic movies of yesteryear. Join Tim on their adventures through Nostalgia Land. This is On Second Watch, a movie nostalgia podcast. So hello and welcome to a very special episode of On Second Watch, and I am joined by my friends at the Spy Hards podcast. We have Agent Scott and Agent Cam. Hello, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Thank you for having us. Good, good. Um, so why don't you guys introduce yourselves um, for our eight listeners and just tell us uh, who you are, where they can find you, and a little bit about your show. Well, they, they can join our two listeners and we can make 10 there together. We go. It's great. <laughs> Double digits. That's it. That's what we're aiming for. Um, well, yeah, as you said, I'm Agent Scott, and that's Agent Cam over there. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and we are at Spy Hearts Podcast. Basically, we tackle a spy movie every week, every Tuesday, uh, to decide if it makes our knock list, is what we call it. Right, yeah, and the knock list is the need-to-see official classics of the Spy Hearts Podcast. The idea is we're trying to create the ultimate pantheon of spy films, um, there's a lot of fun ones out there. A lot of people love, you know, every Bond film or every Mission Impossible. But when you are looking at the all-time canon, and there are hundreds of spy films, what are the essentials? And so every week we basically break down a, one movie per episode for about an hour, breaking it all down to the nuts and bolts, and then try to come to the conclusion, you know, does this belong in the canon, essentially? Yeah, so as I say, every Tuesday we try and figure out a lot of the myths, unfortunately, but we uh, we keep trying. Hmm. <laughs> Well, I have True Lies queued up from you guys, so I'll be listening to that one a little bit later tonight or tomorrow for sure. Yeah, that was a fun one. But yeah, we do. We like to juggle franchises. So we'll do, you know, your Bonds and Borns. But we go way back even to like the 1930s. We did like the Greta Garbo Matahari. So if you're a film fan, we kind of really do run the gamut from right from the beginning right to, you know, the modern day. You know, so this is a How Would Sean Bean Have Died episode. So for those that aren't familiar, we find a movie that he was not cast in. We figure out, does he replace a role? Does he have a brand new role or some kind of cameo? Um, and how would he die? Because everybody knows that Sean Bean has the most epic deaths out of almost anybody in cinema. So let's just keep the train going for those movies that they had a missed opportunity. Jaws being one of them because it was in 75 and uh, a little bit out of his scope of when he was most prominent in film. So let's let's do it right. Let's find a spot where Sean Bean would be cast in Jaws and how he would die. But first... Um, Scott and Cam, I want to know, what are your thoughts about the movie Jaws? And I'm talking about the original 1975 one. Let's skip the sequels and for whatever those are. But um, the original 1975, original summer blockbuster, where, where does Jaws rank for you guys? Scott, I'll, why don't you go first? Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll jump in because we, we spoke about Jaws uh, a while ago, I believe. And I, as a kid, basically my nan, my, my grandmother said, Jaws is the best film ever made. And as a five-year-old, I thought, that's super lame. It must be an awful, awful film. 
Uh, and so I didn't watch it until I was in my 20s, which wasn't that long ago. So I've, I've gone back to her since and told her that it is actually a really terrific film and I do love it. But uh, yeah, for a long time, I thought it was just a really lame shark film. For me, um, it was a movie that right from a childhood, I was very attracted to. I was really into sharks growing up. And when I was a kid, my mom would often, for bedtime stories, tell me about attack scenes in Jaws movies. I have, at the time, this seemed completely normal. And now I'm like, that was really weird. But I was so <laughs> into it. And I remember desperately wanting to see Jaws. And I said, you know, it was on TV one night and I turned it on. It was well into the movie. I, tu- I tuned in right at the death of Quincy. And I was so traumatized by the horror of the sequence that I couldn't watch Jaws. I was like, I'm not ready for this. So I end up watching Jaws the Revenge um, and getting into that one. And then later on revisiting Jaws, probably when I was about 12, and falling in love with it. It became the movie that I just kept coming back to over and over. I've probably seen it 50 times, if not more. You know, I, Every time it plays in a theater near here, I go and see it. Um, I've watched it countless times at home, but for me, it is the perfect balance. You know, you said the first blockbuster, um, this movie falls in 1975, which is also the great era for character driven filmmaking in the seventies. And Jaws is the perfect, you know, encapsulation of those two eras where you have all of the great character stuff, um, the world building in terms of just Amity feeling like such a place that you could even feel just when you're watching the movie. But then also all of the blockbuster thrills that you'd get in movies going forward. Um, you know, Star Wars is a movie that obviously follows two years later. It kind of, look, I love Star Wars a lot too. I'm wearing a Mandalorian shirt right now. But um, nonetheless, like it kind of backs off of the kind of the deep dive character analysis that a movie like Jaws has. So for me, it kind of lands at that perfect point in the history of film, grabs the best of both things, and just becomes, in I think, a pretty perfect movie. I don't know that most movies I can kind of nick and you know uh, find little things you could uh, you know pick nits with in terms of uh, issues. Jaws is pretty perfect. I don't know if there's much you could really change. Yeah, I agree. I, so Jaws was actually a movie that our show it was our second episode we ever did. Um, this was back when we. <laughs> four people gather around a single microphone sitting at a card table and just, just talking about the movie. And it was, it was a lot of fun just diving into the details of what went right. Very little went right with the filming of this movie and how like a series of bad things all somehow came together to create this, basically this masterpiece. Um, so yeah, kudos to the team, Steven Spielberg for making it happen. Um, but yeah, it's, it's what you don't see what, what drives the fear and it's, it's a lot of fun for sure. So if anyone crazy out there has not seen jaws go check it out yeah for Um, sure but in the meantime let's let's change the story (laughs) let's let's bring sean bean into this film um so like i said let's let's find a role to you that it makes sense for him to either take or some new role and figure out how he dies so scott cam do one of you guys want to go first what do you think scott i've uh i've got one I think is interesting and one I think is more realistic. I'll, I'll go with the interesting one, I think. All right. So I've got to set the scene a little bit, okay? There's kids. They're playing in the water, okay? It looks happy. Everyone's on the beach getting some sun. And then you get this shot in the water, these legs dangling. You know, like, oh, what's going on? And then that John Williams score creeps in. But what we do is we change it. And it goes a little something like this. Sean Bean. <laughs> Sean Bean, <laughs> Sean Bean, Sean Bean, Sean Bean, Sean Bean, Sean Bean. I want Sean Bean to be the shark. 
The shark. Yeah, oh, that is not where I thought this was going to go. <laughs> I want full on like pajama style CG. I want I want Sean Bean chewing on Robert Shaw's leg. <laughs> Method actor Sean Bean, or even off camera, he's literally just in a waiting pool, just waiting. He's just, 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 just thrashing just around, waiting yeah. to be fed raw meat. Yeah, it's exactly what I want. <laughs> Well, I mean, I was actually thinking you were going to say the Kittner boy, Alex Kittner, because, you know, you don't want to put Sean Bean in the initial death, the Chrissy Watkins, because it's like, you know, Sean Bean, the death has to really kind of have a little more impact as opposed to being the first person killed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to quite give him the Quint role because I feel like Sean Bean, that means he makes it right to the end with a big glorious finish, which he really... He only really does that when he plays villains, it seems, a lot of the times. You know, when you look at, um, you know, Goldeneye, which we've covered, and Patriot Games, which we haven't. Um, So, like, I feel like, you know, if you're the... No one expects a kid to get killed in a horror movie. Like, that's just kind of one of those taboo things that when a filmmaker pulls that card, it really does shock people. And so I think if you have Sean Bean in that scene, (laughs) then people remember it because they're like, I can't believe they did that. So I guess maybe we are CGing Sean Bean to play a child, but... You know, in defense of Scott's point of view of him being the shark, um, Sean Bean getting blown up with a oxygen tank in his mouth at the end is perhaps more memorable. <laughs> I want to see that behind the scenes. I want to see the behind the scenes shot of uh, of uh, Sean Bean chewing on a kid's leg. <laughs> but uh, here's the question: What is it more irresistible, the sight of Sean Bean as the shark? Or Sean Bean being CG'd like Paul Rudd in Ant-Man and the Wasp into a child-sized form and <laughs> kicking around on a, uh, you know, <laughs> inflatable raft in the water. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got to go with that one. <laughs> I don't know. Just, yeah. It, it. Plus the Alex Kittner death. I mean, that's like the most explosive blood scene I've ever seen. It's just <laughs> there's just so much blood that comes out of that kid. And it does get carried forward. You know, when you look at the death of Boromir in the Lord of the Rings films, right? Boromir dies in Fellowship of the Ring. People are talking about Boromir for the rest of that series. They keep bringing him up, you know, endlessly, especially in the extended editions. Um, The Alex Kittner death, people keep talking about. You get that scene where his mother approaches Brody and slaps him, um, you know, just after they've, uh, you know, the hunters have caught the shark locally. And I want someone coming back getting angry for the death of Sean Bean. Yeah, see, I was, I was debating too. It's like, um, I was thinking that maybe Mrs. Kittner like goes on a rampage because no one's taking her seriously. The her son's death and ends up, you know, taking out somebody that's Sean Bean. But, um, I I didn't want him to die by shark. All right, because I I thought that might be, it might be too easy. I'm trying to challenge myself to think a little bit outside the box. So I came up with two possibilities here. One of them is Sean Bean plays himself and he's actually on vacation in Amity and he's just trying to get some sun. He just wants to be left alone, just chilling on the beach and he falls asleep on the beach, just kind of relaxing. And then Kittner gets just demolished. So everyone's fleeing and running out of, out of the water, out of the beach. And Sean Bean's just laying there sleeping. He ends up getting trampled to death. That's, that's an easy one. That's an easy way to go. But then I tried to think of it a little bit differently. So what if Sean Bean played Mayor Vaughn? And this whole time, Mayor Vaughn is just trying so hard to keep the beaches open. He's so worried about money, so worried about the economy. And, uh, you know, so obviously his, you know, desire to keep everything open resulted in additional deaths. So some of those deaths are on Mayor Vaughn. And we don't really get a 
real uh, story about how Mayor Vaughn dies. And I think the actor had passed away between the second and the third film. And they just kind of just say he just, you know, died off screen, which I, you know, I, I think Mayor Vaughn deserved a little bit more than that. Uh, even though he had somewhat of a redemption towards the end of the second one. Nah, let's, let's no redemption story for this guy. He ends it in the first one. So my thought was, even though they kill the shark and happy ending the story or whatever, however things go viral back in 75, um, it kept all the visitors away from Amity Island. They did not want to go visit. They're just staying away because of this killer shark thing. So all the restaurants and people are scared. They're like, Oh God, our economy's gone. This, this whole summer we lost all our revenue. However, the story of the shark, you know, obviously gets passed on. It gets bigger and bigger with all the stories. So the hunters from around the world are coming to Amity Island to see if they can find maybe the offspring or a bigger shark. If there's, they found one big shark, maybe there's another one. So they're searching this, these waters, trying to find this mystery second shark. And they're having no luck. So they're getting frustrated, getting ready to leave. So the mayor's like, you know what? A couple of boys tried to trick everyone with this this uh, raft with a shark fin swimming around the water just to scare everybody. I'm going to use that idea. So he goes into the police station, takes out evidence, goes into the waters and starts wading around with the shark fin trying to, you know, rattle people. It's like, Oh my God, the shark is back. And there just happens to be just some drunk boater out on the water, sees that shark fin, just pulls out a rifle and just unloads on it. Takes out mayor Vaughn. There it is. So his, his pursuit for money resulted in his demise. And there goes Sean Bean. So that's that's the best I could do. <laughs> you know what, though? You may be onto something because have you read the book Jaws? Uh, bits and pieces. It's hard. It's hard to get through. Okay. Yeah, it's not great, but um, there's a whole mob subplot where um, that's right. Yeah, where Brody wants to shut down the beach, but the mob is angry because they have interests, and like I think they kill his cat or something in the book. It's been quite a while, but I recall oh, something along those lines. Yeah, it gets dark. But um, what if Mayor Vaughn, you know, this the movie version, we're carrying this into an alternate world, right? What if the mob subplot is still there? And so it's the mob that staged the death of Mayor Vaughn. They put the uh, shark fin on him and leave him in the water. There it is. And it's all a mob plot to, you know, discredit Mayor Vaughn, but also to send a message to anyone else who would shut down the beaches. Yeah, they, they gave him the uh, ultimatum. It's like, you wear the shark fin. If you can swim across the beach and not get shot, then we'll let you go. <laughs> One of those things. Yeah, but but they tie a barrel to his leg just to slow him yeah. down. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the dreaded barrel. Great. Um, those are the only ones I could I could think of. I, I like the the idea of the mob there. I think if we bring that one back, I think we got a good story, good good sub story that needs to get uh, get told for sure. Yeah, the only other death scene in the movie that we haven't talked about is the one with the. Um, like the lifeguard or whatever in the estuary. That one is just such a non-role that I didn't really even consider that one because Kittner is very memorable. Plus I just want the mom scene of seeing my bean is dead. My bean is dead and you knew it. Um, But um, you know, the estuary guy, it's just such a non-role that that seems ill-fitted for an actor of uh, the towering heights of what Sean Bean can offer. Unless it was so fast where it's like, he dies. I'm like, wait, was that Sean Bean? It's like, that was somebody I know. It was so quick. I didn't get a good look at his face. But here's the question. Is Sean Bean in that moment doing the like New England accent? He probably should, right? Yeah. He's like, you boys, all right? Yeah. You don't, you don't <laughs> want to hear. That's not the he's, Sean Bean I know and love. <laughs> he's leaning really hard into that that uh, Massachusetts. Just get some clam chowder and everything. Just, just 
It's like, you don't have to go that far. It's like, no, he's, he's all in. <laughs> Literally into the shark. Right. <laughs> oh, great. Um, any other, you know, you know, final thoughts about uh, how it would go? Anything we missed? The only other one I came up, my alternate, which I don't think was as interesting, would be more of a serious thing where he potentially plays a another fisherman that was maybe on the Indianapolis with Robert Shaw. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Or what about um, the fisherman whose head pops out of the boat? What if, like, hmm. we literally get surprised um, Sean Bean head popping out of a boat, out of the wrecked hull <laughs> of a boat? Yeah. So Good blink man. and you'll miss it, Cameo. Yeah, with that like sting on the score to just do a really uh, jolt you out of your chair. Mm-hmm. That would actually be a really good one because you could have the cameo setting up where he's on like the boat fishing and then you cut to his head popping out. I could totally see that as a Sean Bean cameo as well. Yeah, make it make a million dollars for that quick little head prosthetic they made. Yeah. yeah. And that dude who played the fisherman in that actually inspired the Quint portrayal in the film. So you can also right. tie it back to Quint uh, going back to Scott's initial suggestion. Yeah, I, I can see that working for sure. It's, it's just kind of hard to mess with perfection a little bit, isn't it, with a film like this? If you, it was like a messier film and there was these like characters that you didn't understand, you could go, oh, yeah, just change it. But Jaws is such a masterpiece that you're just like, how do I mess with this and not ruin it? I mean, if this was Jaws 3D, I would have him as the scene of the guy getting eaten while the camera's inside the mouth of the shark. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you could, yeah, you could put him all over. Jaws 3D and it would it would improve it for sure. Has Sean Bean ever been in 3D? I don't think he has, and I feel we've been robbed. <laughs> was <laughs> was was he cast in the movie Beowulf? That um, oh, I remember seeing that movie exactly one time. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. I don't think so. I think we would know if we've seen him in 3D. It, it's a memorable yeah. sight. <laughs> sure, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it, he didn't have a cameo in the Hobbit films, did he? Because that I would definitely forget. Hmm. No, I think I stopped after the first one. Yeah. I made it through the after second, turn, but the yeah. third one I've never seen. No. I don't know how you take a 100-page book and spread it out to three movies, but that's a that's a topic for a different podcast. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, Yeah, one where we're not talking about perfect movies. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Well, uh, thanks, guys. Uh, really appreciate it. So everyone, go check out Spy Hearts. Uh, they have a, a great list of movies they've covered from, like I said, from all over the spectrum, from from way back to modern. Uh, a lot of Bond stuff, a lot of stuff that you forget is a spy movie. I know you guys uh, hit Men in Black recently, right? So Yeah, that was one. It was a little uh, controversial a pick. We decided to do that franchise kind of out of the gate. We've kind of opened it up a little bit so that – we will also look at movies that feature secret agents and we can mm. debate whether it belongs in a spy canon. So there are going to be some others coming up that are more secret agenty than, uh, you know, like mission, like, or sorry, like men in black there yeah. than maybe, uh, you know, the hardcore Jean le Carre or James Bond type, uh, type stuff. Oh, for sure. Well, it's good to have the debate. You know, that's what makes it fun. So great. Uh, well, Cam Scott, thank you guys so much for joining me today. Uh, really appreciate it. And, um, if uh, you guys get any other ideas on, on how to kill Sean Bean in another film, just just holler. We'll, we'll set something up. Yeah, once we do Patriot Games, we may have even more ideas. So, I mean, his <laughs> death, we should say in GoldenEye, is incredible. So that may be the most over-the-top Sean Bean death. So, yeah, check out the movie GoldenEye if you haven't seen yeah. it because, boy, does that one deliver. 
a football sized satellite. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you could top it, but it's the fact that he survives the drop and then yeah. he gets like trampled to death. You're just like, oh wow, that's a that's a send off. That's a little rubbing it in, but oh, well, 006 needed a, a big big send off, so that's all right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Um, so again, check out Spy Hards and uh, thanks for joining. Any chance to talk about Jaws, I'm down. This is a blast. <laughs> thanks for having us. All right. Thanks a lot.